Welcome to Shop Talk, a Forest Two Home podcast for all who like to talk shop. Today we will tune into a conversation around mental health with the blind woodsman, John Furness. Let's get going. My name is John Furness. I am 100% blind. I live in Washington State and I am a woodworker. I uh, mainly do turnings. Uh, I've been uh, for the last uh, five years almost, I've been uh, turning professionally and I've been woodworking for about 16 years and I've done some uh, tables in the past and jewelry boxes, those kind of things, but the lathe is where it's at for me. And I, I struggled with depression and anxiety a lot through my life and I, I even... Uh, you know, had a lot of struggle with drugs. And when I finally kind of started to clean up my life, I found woodworking and I, I found my purpose, <laughs> so to speak. I, I found my, my thing that I do better than anything else. And it's completely changed my life. And I uh, became blind at 16 years old due to a suicide attempt. Wow. Luckily, it only took my, my sight and sense of smell. Well, we are, are very fortunate for that to have you here with us today. Thank you. So, I, so leading up to that, for, mm -hmm. for anyone viewing who, who might be experiencing thoughts of suicide or, or just they're, they're not feeling good, do you want to talk a little bit about what what you were feeling during that time and and yeah. what got you to that point well one of the things or a couple of the things that got me there were i i made things into something that they weren't in my mind i i told myself stories that weren't true and you know like like you know that my friends didn't really you know, respect me and accept me. They just kind of let me be around or, you know, that everything was this big major event. The first time anything happened, it, it was some sort of occasion. And, but it really was just in my mind. I, I, you know, built it all up. And I also didn't reach out to anybody because I, I felt like they didn't accept and understand me. I didn't feel like I could reach out either but the i i could have and really that's one of the most important things is don't keep it inside don't don't make it your own personal struggle struggle no one is an island and you know reach out for help and you don't even necessarily have to say like i'm i'm suicidal i need help just just because that can be hard to say. I mean, that can just, that can be tough because there's a, a stigma that exists that is ridiculous and damaging in, in my opinion. And, you know, when, when you do reach out to somebody and say, hey, I could, I could use a little company. How about we go play a board game or get a cup of coffee or something? That, yeah, it, it most people are 100% willing to do that. And, just that little bit of contact can make such a huge difference and to give that too yep 100 
200, 300, 400% yeah, truth. It's, it's those, those small things that mm -hmm. could really mean the world, truly the, the world to yeah. someone. Absolutely. So looking after, mm -hmm. after the fact, after your suicide attempt, what was life like then? Did you ex experience any negative mental health issues or, or anything after the fact? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've struggled with depression and anxiety most of my life, really. And right after, you know, of course, it was it was pretty tough because, you know, I, I had failed at uh, my suicide attempt and I, uh, you know, I was still around. But also I had the attitude of, well, I'm here. I better, you know, make the most of it. And I adapted very quickly and very well, like so I adapted to blindness so quickly and so well that I, I feel like I'm supposed to be blind. I really, over the years, I've just really felt that. And I mean, for instance, I changed the rear wheel bearings in my old car by myself a month after I got out of the hospital. No help whatsoever. I, I had helped my dad do that once when I was, oh, I don't know, eight years old or so. And I just remembered all the steps. And uh, I'm able to maneuver around and navigate really well. So that definitely helped me start to cope. But at the same time, I was using, I, I decided to try drugs to cope too. And of course, that just, you know, led me back down the spiral. And it, you know, it, it, so I kind of drifted back and forth between sober and, and clean for the next several years. And I ended up, uh, when I graduated from high school, I ended up going, uh, it, we were in Salt Lake City uh, at the time when I was in high school. And I went back to the little town in Colorado that I grew up in. And it's just a wide spot in the road. And for there, there was nothing but trouble and that's it for me. I, I ended up getting really heavily involved in meth and cocaine. I, I ended up getting put on probation for dealing drugs. I, you know, it just was a, a bad situation all the way around. And I ended up getting a horrible, horrible sinus infection that almost killed me. And I, I mean, I actually have a carbon fiber prosthetic forehead because they had to remove the the bone and everything. Um, and so I kind of decided at that point it was it was get some help or die. That's really my only two options. And so I, I reached out to my folks. And of course, they took me right in. I mean, they had always been there for me. And, and I had just, you know, I wanted to do my own thing, you know, and so I, I didn't reach out. And of course, they they took me in and I, uh, through their help and my own rock hard stubbornness, I was able to get off of meth and cocaine and get off of probation. And after uh, I uh, was, I had been off probation for a little while and that's when I decided to look for a job and uh, working with vocational rehab, part of their program was uh, an independent living center for the blind. So they taught cooking and cleaning braille, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And they also had a wood shop there. And that's where 
I started my woodworking journey. That's that's amazing. So it's it's been it's been something else for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing. We had someone send in a comment. Thank you for sharing such a powerful story. And and like I I mentioned to you yesterday, mm-hmm. it is truly so is is fantastic that you are at a place where you can openly talk about this in the hopes that someone out there will benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I was saying before, the the stigma around, you know, mental uh, anxiety, you know, uh, depression and, and those kind of things, which, I mean, you, you could call it not necessarily a mental disability, but I, I think you know where I'm going. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, and suicide just needs to be destigmatized because if people were afraid to reach out and say, I need help, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm suffering, my, you know, I, I can't deal with the world right now, then there would be a lot of people that wouldn't go through with their thoughts. Yep. I, I have a follow-up question to that uh-huh. statement. Absolutely. What, what can we do? Uh, what can businesses do? What can people in our, mm. commu- our woodworking community do to help remove those stigmas? Well, that's a tough one. I, I suppose I've never thought much about that. What I like to do is, is to talk about my story and to share that if I had reached out to the people that definitely would have helped me, it would have changed my life. I wouldn't, I, I probably wouldn't have done what I ended up doing. And so I think people sharing their stories. Uh, sorry, my dog. No uh, problem. I don't people, know if you heard earlier, my cat was around. And oh. I have a very noisy cat. I see. <laughs> Totally okay. Yeah, but uh, definitely sharing your stories of, of you know, uh, what you may have suffered through or, or how you may have helped someone or, or how someone you know may have helped themselves. But to, to, to tell people it's not, oh, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a, 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 you know, an immoral person or anything like that. It just, you're just somebody that's got an issue or two that you need to work out. And, and I think that's how it, it, we can maybe help is to just, to get it out in the open and to show people that it is okay and everybody hurts. Yeah. I, I'm on board with that. <laughs> I, I know for myself, um, Growing up, I had a mother who was addicted to drugs, and uh, that put my my brother and my sister and myself in and out of family members' homes for for quite some time. Yeah. And growing up with that then has has been um, interesting, and. Is is something that I wasn't really able to talk about with people. It's not something that I was comfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. But 
but I am 100% on board with you. I, I never felt comfortable sharing that with friends or yeah. anyone for quite some time because I was almost embarrassed of it, but it's a, yeah. it's a part of who I am. It's, it's what's helped get me to where I'm at today. So that's mm -hmm. why I, I definitely am more comfortable with it. And I, like I said, I'm 100% on board with you. And, and let's talk about the stories. Let's talk about the, the good, the bad, the ugly to, to make it normal. Oh, sorry. What was that? I, I didn't hear you the very last part. I, I just said, let's make it normal. <laughs> let's yes. keep talking about this, this stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly normal. Absolutely. Because the, that's what makes up life. You know, it's, I mean, not the good, the bad, and the ugly. I just mean that the, the, well, yeah, I mean, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I yeah. guess. But yeah, it, it, life sometimes kicks you in the teeth and then spits on you while you're down. And sometimes it, it gives you a boost and, and helps you out. So I guess, yeah, you just have to, we just have to live life, I suppose. We, we have to accept life for what it is. And, and remove the judgment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's, that's what I think our, our real roadblock it is with removing the stigma is, is yeah. just the, the judgment that I think that still yeah. lingers with even seeking therapy, even admitting that you want to, to talk to perhaps a professional. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are at our halfway point, oh, and we have gotten uh -huh. a lot of questions. Okay. <laughs> Do you mind yeah. if I ask you some questions yeah. from the community? Yeah. One other thing I, I want to say is I wouldn't be where I am without my wonderful wife. You know, she has been a huge journey on my, my, you know, in my woodworking and just helping me so much through my life and, and being my rock and my best fan. You know, she's, she's, she's my lady. <laughs> she's my honeybee and I love her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to, to Annie. She must be around somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Bye. she's she's standing there holding a the gun on me, making sure I, I say good things. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So jumping in here, we have one question we can start uh -huh. off with. How can we access children at a young age to let them know it gets better? What would have impacted you the most? Wow, that's that's a tough one. I it's hard to get through to kids. I don't really because that's a it's a delicate subject for sure. Um, I've I've done I've done a lot of school talks, um, like with uh, I, I mean, and in the in the young kids, the elementary kids, um, we talked about a, a disability awareness and like etiquette. Uh, for instance, um, you know, if you see a blind person walking around, don't just assume they're lost and start shouting random directions at them. That's not helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and uh, things like that. And then in the in the the middle schools and high schools, I actually did my suicide and drug prevention awareness. But also, it needs to be discussed at a younger age. There, there was a boy that was only 10 years old that was at one of my speeches that came up and told me he had 
tried to, he had attempted suicide just recently and he, he wanted to come up and give me a hug and, you know, tell me what it meant to him. And, and the fact that someone's so young, I mean, it, it, it hurts all of us. We all hurt. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how old you are. And so I guess, <laughs> pardon me, I guess just trying to explain that to them, that everybody hurts sometimes and sometimes people try to hurt themselves. And so we need to try and help those people. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow, that, that must have been an emotional experience to have it, a 10-year-old approach yeah. you after speaking on that wow it was it was incredible there was a a girl that sent me a message uh that was at one of my talks and she said that her father had uh, actually successfully attempted suicide and and he he took his life and uh she said that that my talk and what i had said helped her to understand it that that was powerful well good for you i i mean it it's remarkable truly that you are using your platforms to share your story share your message help people understand and and give advice on on how to to navigate these kind of things it's it's really incredible thank you we have. Uh, I feel okay. like that's one of the reasons I'm still here. Yep, absolutely, one hundred percent true. Mm -hmm. All right, how do you stay positive today, John? Well, I guess I I have learned to laugh at life. <laughs> I've I learned that when you you know I, I I've tripped over our lawnmower at the bottom of the back stairs one time, and I did like an acrobatic roll over that thing, landing flat on my back on the opposite side of the mower. And instead of cussing and getting all mad about it, I, was, I, I pictured that image in my mind and I was laughing so hard. It took me a second or two to get up off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, at least that, that story didn't end differently. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So no, you know, no broken I, bones or anything. <laughs> nope. Just luckily it was on the grass. And so I, I landed, <laughs> honestly, I landed as perfectly as I could have. And I remember laying on the ground thinking, did I do that on purpose or did it just happen that way? <laughs> oh, good. So well, that helps great. a lot. And, and, you know, I, and sometimes in the shop, I'll be, I'll be working on a bowl that I've spent all day on. And I don't quite like I, I get a little too close, so to speak, and my bowl becomes a plate. And <laughs> you just have to accept it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, next question. How did John and Annie meet? How has she been a support to him? Well, this is a cool story. I, uh, I moved up here to Washington to attend a piano tuning and repair school for the blind. And uh, so I, I came up here in 2011. And 
the school teach, uh, they, they closed down recently, unfortunately, but they taught tuning and just basic repair. And I wasn't a great tuner, but I'm a really good mechanic. <laughs> so I, I actually was working with a, a gentleman named Rick Patton that was their uh, rebuild expert. And he saw my, my potential because he had seen some of my woodwork. And uh, he was teaching me the, the finer details. Of, I mean, new strings and hammers. I learned how to completely tear a piano apart and build it back together again. And uh, I, so I was there uh, doing extra classes in the summertime. So Annie is a painter and she was part of a project or a, a fundraiser that they did every year where artists would volunteer and come in and they would paint pianos and then those pianos would be placed out in, in the community and businesses would sponsor them and uh, get donations and stuff. And she happened to be painting her piano in the same room that I was repairing a, a different piano. So I walk in and like an iron bar to a magnet, hand in the paint. <laughs> just <right>. instantly <laughs> luckily it was just primer and i didn't like poke out mona lisa's eye or something like that you know <laughs> but uh we we worked uh, you know we we were working there in the school together for a couple of weeks and then she called me at first because uh I'm like George McFly when it comes to, to talking to the ladies. <laughs> so uh, she called me and, and uh, I told her, I, I'm sorry, I'll have to call you back. I'm busy at the moment. But the deal was I was broke at the moment and I had no <laughs> idea what we would go do. But I had a, a garden at a community center that I was, I was renting a plot there. And I had a huge patch of peas that needed to be harvested. And I knew she, uh, she was into nature. She's a nature girl. So I thought, perfect, let's go pick peas. And uh, my friends were giving me a hard time about it. Like it's one of those, like one of those dating shows where they interview them separate. And, yeah, we went to my garden, picked peas. It was <laughs> really great. And then they interview the girl. He made me pick peas. What's wrong with you? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, it was the perfect thing. <laughs> and we got married in front of that same garden plot three years later. No. Yeah. Same plot? Yeah. Love a good story. And now I want to see photos. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was wonderful. We uh, had kind of a community wedding. It was great. We, we did a potluck and invited tons of people because Annie... If she doesn't know everyone in Vancouver, she knows someone who knows them. Because <laughs> she's been really heavily involved in, in like the, the art and event community and stuff like that for a long time. Amazing. All right, well, we are coming up on our mark, but we, we still have a few more questions. Can I throw one more in there? Is that all right? Sure, sure. All right, so last question. Mm-hmm. Did John ever pursue therapy prior to or after your attempt? I did not pursue therapy prior to my attempt. And I, I, and I did do therapy after my attempt, of course. Um, 
it, it, it had its varying degrees of success, but really one of the things that works with therapy is that you are into it working. Um, that's a big part of it is, is you need to have your heart in recovery. You need to, to dedicate your heart to recovery. And so that, uh, I think that's what really helped me is, is when I finally got to that point. Um, so I definitely recommend therapy at the, at the very least a close friend, you know, just somebody that you can talk to. Yep. All great stuff. Thank you. So I want to show you just one more quick thing. Yes. This is what I use to measure. Let, it's let's... called a rotomatic. All right. It's the only, yeah, it's the only adaptive tool in my whole shop. And literally it's a finely threaded bolt that is machined flat on two sides. Mm -hmm. On one of the sides, it's got a tab every half inch. Oh, and then hi, this, baby. this, and then this large nut here, every turn of that nut is one sixteenth of an inch. Oh, and right. So this I'm is, more this accurate. Than, I, I love this thing. I'm more accurate with this than any, than I was when I could see by far. <laughs> oh, that is crazy. Did you make that? No, actually I bought it. Uh, from a, a company that makes, uh, you know, equipment for the blind. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the patent had just expired and I got like one of the last five around. And they don't the make them The last five anymore. in the world? Yeah, yeah, they don't make them anymore. And it's a bummer because of all of the adaptive tools I've used, this is the best by far. Wow. Well, if you got one of the last five in the world, you better keep that thing around. Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. We have a couple more minutes. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to, to open the floor up to you. Do you have any final thoughts or any advice or, or anything else you would just like to share to help remove the stigma or bring awareness or just help celebrate Mental Health Action Day? Well, I guess something to to uh, share is one of the things that'll really help you in your your mental health and along your journey is to find something that that occupies you find something that you know it, try to make it constructive or it, even just something that you love you know like a lot for a long time after I became blind, I sculpted with clay. I loved it. It's just, you know, when I was bored, I'd, I'd just make some stuff. And that has really helped me a lot. And it really, uh, it, it's good to, to check in with yourself, you know, to kind of, oh, how can I put it? Like, it's it's good to to uh, sit down and and you know kind of mull over what's what's in your mind what's in your life and when you've got something that you can kind of help yourself meditate on that that helps a lot and something that can just help you just go somewhere else like when i'm carving on the lake hours will go by and i don't know it until i stop and check the time wow so, yep. yeah. 
Well, well, that's what uh, just coming out of the, the other conversation with Ben, you know, that's what he mentioned as mm -hmm. well. Sometimes you just have to sit down and, and take a mental inventory, yes. uh, a physical inventory. What do you have around you? And then a, a mental mm -hmm. inventory as well. Yeah, absolutely. So really great advice. Again, John, thank you so much for joining us to help elevate the mission, elevate Mental Health Day, Mental Health Action Day. Your contribution has been phenomenal. We really appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your personal story. I know that there there is someone out there who will absolutely will benefit from this. And Annie, uh, in, in the background there, thank you so <laughs> much for your help as well. Thank you, thank you, Michaela. Yeah, thank you too. This I I'm honored to have been chosen to do this. It really, it it really does, you know. I really do feel like I'm supposed to be blind, and part of my journey is to help whoever I can. Yep. So thank and, you too. And we we have to use our platforms for the good, right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. It is uh, nighttime here. You guys are, what, 5.30? I hope you yeah. have a fantastic rest of your evening. And I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Sounds yes. good. Thank you. Bye, Michaela. Thank you, Bye. guys. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Shop Talk. Head over to www.forest2home.com to check out what else we're up to. Happy woodworking.